Today, deceiver becomes deceived. Jacob flees Canaan for relatives outside the land, and there he gets a taste of his own medicine. On The Bible Brief. Esau is scheming. He's just thinking about how his brother Jacob cheated him out of all the good things in his life. First the birthright, and then the blessing. Those two great things that should have been Esau's, but Jacob got them instead. And with hatred stirring in his heart, he settles on killing his brother. But to save Isaac, his father, heartache, he'll wait till Isaac is dead in the grave before seizing his brother Jacob. Now, I don't know about you, listener, but oftentimes when you see someone angry, you can see the proverbial steam coming out of their ears. Their anger has a physical manifestation to it. And while we're not sure this is the case with Esau, his anger apparently becomes well-known enough that Rebekah, his mother, hears about it. Immediately, she begins scheming to get Jacob out of town. So she goes to Isaac and emphasizes the importance of Jacob marrying within their clan and not from among the Canaanites like Esau had done. So Isaac agrees with Rebekah and decides to send Jacob to Rebekah's family to find a wife. We read this in Genesis chapter 28. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise and go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away. And he went to Paddan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Well, Jacob had initially been blessed by his father due to deceit and acting like he was Esau, but that didn't invalidate the blessing that Isaac had given to Jacob. And here, Isaac blesses Jacob again before sending him away. And Isaac especially expresses his desire to God to confirm the covenant with Jacob. That covenant originally given to Abraham, Jacob's grandfather. And before long, we see God do just that. With circumstances similar to the deep darkness that Abraham was under when God initially made the covenant, God comes to Jacob after the sun had gone down. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place, and stayed there that night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east 
and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Here in this dream, with a ladder reaching down from heaven with angels upon it, we see God establishing the covenant with Jacob. He repeats those three core promises that form the backbone of the Abrahamic covenant. The land, the seed, and the blessing. The land of Canaan, seed in abundance, and blessing to the world through one particular seed. God chose that the Abrahamic covenant promises would be established through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's keep reading. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. As the darkness lifted and morning came, Jacob appears to understand the gravity of what just occurred, and he decides to mark the location with a stone pillar. Further, recognizing that he had met God, he named the place Bethel, meaning house of God. Yet that's not all that happens. When he wakes up, Jacob, known up to this point as a schemer and deceiver, tries to add dealmaker to his resume. Rather than simply worship, he decides to give God a sort of test in the form of a vow. A vow to which God has no recorded response in the Bible. God has shown his trustworthy character enough. He doesn't need a test. Let's read. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Jacob vows that if God will fulfill what he has already said, that Jacob will worship him and give him a tenth of his estate, just as Abraham had given to Melchizedek. You can see some of Jacob's shifty character here. After God had spoken to Jacob in a dream, after Jacob heard the story of how God had answered Isaac's prayer for children, after Jacob had learned of God's faithfulness to his grandfather Abraham, Jacob still puts God to the test. But just as Jacob marked Bethel with a stone pillar, we should mark this event in Jacob's life. This event at Bethel, in the land of Canaan, where God reiterates his promise of the Abrahamic covenant, becomes the beginning of Jacob's character development as we see the maturation of this deceitful, scheming dealmaker. Let's keep going as Jacob makes it to Haran, the place from which Abraham had left his family to go into Canaan. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and he saw a well in the field. And behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it, for out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stones from the mouth of the well and water the sheep. 
and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking to them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. Jacob appears to be in love at first sight. And like any hopeful suitor, he wants to make a good impression on the young lady while she watches. So as Rachel approaches the well, he moves the large stone from before the well so that all the flocks could drink the water from the well. Additionally, it's likely that Jacob had very few assets that he'd brought from Canaan. He needed Rachel to put in a good word with her dad, that Rebekah's son was strong and able-bodied. Jacob would need to find an occupation in Haran while Esau calmed down. Who better to work for than his relatives? Who better than his mom's brother Laban? As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Laban has graciously welcomed Jacob into his home. And things seem to be going well for a month or so before an important conversation takes place. You know that Rachel was on Jacob's mind for that whole month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel. And he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. Jacob must have really loved Rachel. Seven years for a woman he had just met was quite the cost. Yet we read in the text that it seemed to him but just a few days because of the love he had for her. Seven days of difficult farming labor was as light as a feather because each day he was able to look upon Rachel and see the prize that awaited him at the end of the time. Seven years quickly went to six, then five, all the way to the final day when another conversation takes place. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. 
So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast with lots to drink. But in the evening he took his daughter and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. What a fitting end to a nice love story. Love at first sight, working for seven years, and finally the blissful wedding night, even if Jacob had had a little too much to drink. The problem was, the next morning, Jacob wakes up, opens his eyes, smiles to himself, looks over at Rachel, and it wasn't Rachel. Join us next time as we see the fallout from the wedding night gone wrong. What will Jacob do now that he's married to the wrong woman? The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.